Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. So let's get right into the Word, knowing that God will speak into our lives today. To hear God's voice and to learn how to hear His voice. I think we take for granted that, uh, well, I've been serving God 20 years, 25, 30 years. Oh, yeah, I know how to hear the voice of God. But you'd be amazed at the people that really don't know how to hear the voice of God. Amen. I think we take for granted that everybody just knows how to hear the voice of God. And I know after uh, about a year and a half ago, about, I've been serving God about 24 years. And uh, I'll just be honest with you. I just I would pray and seek the face of God. But I was like, you know, what's God and what's not God? And so I really had to, to, to uh, get into the Word and really say, now, Lord, I really need clarity about this. I can't be, you know, I can pray in the Holy Ghost, I can fast, I can get in the Word, but I really need to know about hearing your voice, what to be led by, what not to be led by. Amen? And so anyway, the Holy Ghost just kind of brought me to these scriptures. And tonight I just want to make it as elementary as I can for you and a couple of components that I want to go over that I know will help you if you'll listen to what the Lord wants to say to you tonight. Amen. I prayed about this. I said, Lord, which way do you want me to go? And I know this is the way the Lord wants me to go. And it helped me, and I know it'll help you, uh, again, if you have eyes to see and ears to hear. Amen? Amen. So praise the Lord. Let's get into the Word. Go to 1 Kings chapter uh, 19. <clears throat> 1 Kings chapter 19. The Holy Ghost showed this to me during fall harvest, this passage of Scripture. I really wasn't going to go this route, but during fall harvest, he showed this to me, and I thought, you know, that's a good way to start and, and I start this thing off. 1 Kings chapter 19, I'm going to start in verse 9. I don't have time to go through the uh, 19th chapter, but, you know, the Jezebel's after uh, Elijah. She's threatened him, and so he's on the run, and he ends up in a cave here in verse 9, and the Lord catches up with him. And he says this, he says, And it came thither into a cave and lodged there, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said unto him, What dost thou do us here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel uh, have forsaken the covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thine prophets. And the sword, and I, even I, only am left. And they seek my life to take it away. And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great strong wind rent the mountains. And break it in pieces, the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord wasn't in the wind. Now look, if you've got a wind that's blowing through mountains and it's breaking rocks off a mountain, that's a pretty stout wind. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Look, at the, look at the drama in all this. Uh, and then the, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in an earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after, a, after the fire... A still, small voice. Amen? A still, small voice. Kenneth Hagin said something in one of his teachings I was listening to. And he said, many people are looking for the spectacular when they should be looking for the supernatural. Amen. The wind, the earthquake, and the fire are the spectacular. And you'd be amazed at how many people are moved by those things. Yeah. Amen? I taught a uh, praying yourself from the perfect will of God in the young adults class. And it inspired me so much that I wanted to carry this over. Uh, so some of the people that, some of the young adults that are in there, you're going to hear it again. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But anyway, look at it here. I wrote these three things down. And first of all, I want to start off saying this. We are not to be led externally. We are to be led internally. Amen. Not to be led externally, but internally. 
And I wrote these three things down that I think you'll, uh, you'll like. The first of all, we're not to be led by opportunities or money. Amen. Amen. You say, oh, it's a great opportunity. Oh, it's money. I, I know it's the Lord. Well, what's, the, what's he saying to you in the inner witness, the counselor uh, that's inside of you? Amen. We can't be led by opportunities and money. We must be led by the inner witness that's inside of you. That's still small voice. Amen. It doesn't matter how much money they're paying you, what the opportunity looks like. You cannot be led by those things. Amen. Amen. Number two, uh, don't make decisions. Does that mean? Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Number two, don't make decisions out of fear or pressure. Now, Pastor Rusty's talked about this before, about uh, if you believe God's told you something, take about 30 days and pray over it. That's something that I've really held true to really do is to take 30 days, pray over it, see if it's the Lord. If you're being pressured to make a decision, you ought to pull back on the jets. Now listen, when, I, when, I, when I'm showing you tonight, these are things that I've walked through and experienced. <laughs> Amen. I was, the, I was the master at this. And I've had to slow down in these past couple of years and let the Lord teach me this. Because I'm the kind of person that wants to go from A to Z. I don't want to go through a process. I want A to Z. Yeah. Amen. So therefore, I've had to learn to pull back on the jets. And if you, if you have pressure, then you don't need to be making decisions. Pray about it. Ask the Lord to help you. Uh, or fear. We don't need to be making decisions out of fear. So if you have uh, fear, doubt, anxiety that's trying to come against you, it doesn't mean God's not telling you to do that. Many times you're going to have to face fear and you're just going to have to go through it with those decisions. Don't ever let fear stop you from making a decision. I don't care, I don't care how much anxiety, panic, it doesn't matter. You must face fear. If you give in to fear, you give a place into the devil. You say, well, I'm going to put it off. I'll pray over it six more months. It's going to be there. You're going to pray 40 years. It's going to be there. Amen. You've got to face it. Amen. And again, it doesn't matter if your knees are knocking, if your teeth are chattering, you must face fear. Amen. This past, um, well, I guess the past year, I've had to really face some, uh, some anxieties and some fears and some steps of faith that I've made. I remember uh, not too long ago, um, uh, there was something that I had to face in the business that I'm in. Um, where I thought that literally uh, there was some, some issues where some numbers got knocked out of whack on a, with a customer. And when they called me and told me what was going on, I, fear hit me so hard I thought I was going to throw up. <laughs> and I don't throw up. <laughs> if I throw up, you know something's seriously wrong. And I thought, no, wait a minute, what's going on here? Everything inside of me said, you need to stop doing what you're doing, run and get out of this. But I knew I had to face it. I knew I had to face this fear because I knew God had something for me on the other side of this thing. And as scared as you might be, as much as fear might come upon you, you must face fear. Now, let me say this. Don't mix up fear with not having the peace of God. Well, I don't have any peace. I don't have any peace. Well, is fear trying to come upon you? Yeah. Well, then you're mixing it up. Okay? Just because you don't have peace and you're facing, how can I say this? When you're, when you're going through fear, there's going to be a lot of times that you don't think you have peace. Now, if I can ask you, um, hey, do you have any fear? No, I don't. Do you have any peace? No, I don't. Then don't do it. Stay away from it. But you can't say, well, you know what? I don't have any peace when fear is trying to come upon you. It'll camouflage itself. 
Uh, am I making sense? Okay. So again, don't, don't, uh, don't run off of that when it comes to facing fear. Uh, number three, this is a good one here. Uh, we're not to be led by open doors. <laughs> Amen. We're not to be led by open doors. Lord, I thank you that you opened this door for me. Thank you that this door comes open and then the door comes open. Oh, thank you, Lord, that's you. What's the inner witness saying to you? Just because a door opens doesn't mean it's from God. Oh, but the door opened. Doesn't matter. What if the door doesn't come open? What if the door is uh, uh, chained and locked shut? Does that mean it's not God? No, He could tell you go over there and pray the door down. So just because a door opens or closes doesn't mean you're to be led by that. What is the inner witness saying to you, the counselor in your spirit saying to you when it comes to open and closed doors? The devil can open doors for you. So you got to be real careful when you start praying, open it, Lord, thank you that this door will come open. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with praying for open doors. But if the door does open, you need to have that inner witness. Is this of God or is it not? So many people walk through those doors and they find out, well, this wasn't God. What happened? Because you're going by the external. You're not being led by the internal. Amen. And so many people get deceived by the spectacular, uh, uh, the, the fire, the earthquake, the wind. Well, it's got to be God. No, it doesn't either. <laughs> Amen. What is going on in your spirit, man? Now, let's shift gears because I want to talk tonight about uh, and Pastor Rusty has said this. I've heard him uh, say it. It's kind of funny because it's kind of confirmation. I've heard him say it the past few months, your conscience, the voice of your spirit. Because I've been studying that and uh, going over some uh, teaching with some other ministers. Uh, and there's, a, there's a, uh, something I've been listening to on uh, a, a message called Clear to Hear, talking about your conscience. Because a lot of people, again, how do I know if I'm hearing from God? How do I know if this is God or not? So basically, here's the thing. The conscience is the voice of your spirit. We're going to look at some scriptures here. What is your conscience saying to you? Well, how do I know if this is God? What is your conscience saying to you? I mean, people say it in the world. Man, I knew I shouldn't have done that. I knew I shouldn't have done that. My conscience was bothering me. Well, why did you do it? Why did you override that? Because you didn't know it was God speaking to you. But even people in the world can say, man, my conscience just was bothering me. And I like what Kenneth Copeland said. He says, listen, he says, God is speaking to you all the time. I think, we get, I think we get to a point to where we think it's only spiritual things that God speaks to us on when he's not. I mean, you could be at the grocery store and, 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 and buy a jar of, uh, of jelly and be in the bread aisle and put the jar of jelly on the, on the shelf and move on. And the Lord's speaking and say, hey, go get that jelly and go put it back on the aisle. <laughs> oh, that ain't God. Yeah, it is. If your conscience is bothering you, yes, God's speaking to you. Go get the jelly, go put it back where it belongs. Amen. See what I'm saying to you? But that's just little things like that. Little things like that. You can be in the store, wherever, where God can speak to you through your conscience. Amen? Amen. So let's, let's take a look at that. Let's go to uh, Acts chapter 24. Acts chapter 24. <clears throat> Twenty-four. I didn't even know the word conscience was in the Bible until I started looking at this. And I was like, wow, it really is in the Bible, conscience, huh? Amazing. Amen. 16. 24, 16. 
And Apostle Paul says this. He says, And herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense towards God and towards men. So he's saying, look, you need to have a, a conscience that's void of offense towards God and towards man. You need to have a clear conscience. As you grow spiritually and mature in the things of God, your conscience should be getting purged. Amen. But it doesn't mean it always happens. And there's people that have been serving God for years and years and they're still full of offense because they're not working the Word of God. They're not letting the Word of God purge them of these offenses and so therefore it's hard for them to hear the voice of God. Everything's cloudy. But he says this, you're going to have to get, uh, uh, you're going to have to always, uh, let's see, exercise myself always to have a conscience void of offense towards God and man. So you can't be offended on how God does things and there's going to be people that are going to offend you. Amen. Amen. There's going to be people that are going to offend you, so you might as well just settle it. Listen, I cannot get offended towards people. Amen. And listen, I'm not, you know, I've, I've been in the retail business for a long time. And, you know, yeah, there's people you want to, you know, they're just, they're just irritating people out there. <laughs> and I'm not going to, it, it is. And I'm not, I mean, I'm a good, I'm a people person, but sometimes I can get a little, a little uh, irritated, a little aggressive. And sometimes I got to kind of control myself because it's just, there's just people out there that just can kind of just irritate you. But I've learned this, even if something happens where somebody rubs you the wrong way or somebody offends you, listen, you're going to have to get rid of that offense if you're going to hear clearly the voice of God in your conscience. Because you don't want your conscience getting seared. You think, well, how, how can somebody go out and sin and do what they're doing and, and just keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it? And well, after a while, if you just continue to keep ignoring your conscience and ignoring your conscience and ignoring your conscience, it gets seared to where, you know what, you really don't care anymore. <laughs> well, I haven't been in church in three months. It's no big deal. You know, it's no big, well, what's happened? You, you're not, your conscience is seared. Well, I don't read my Bible. I read my Bible five minutes last month. It's no big deal to you anymore. I prayed in the Holy Ghost, you know, last year. It's no big to you, deal to you anymore because your conscience has been seared. I don't need to walk in love towards this person, uh, you know. Oh, yeah, this guy offended me. I'm not going to talk to him anymore. You know, just get out of my face. Well, your conscience has been seared. Now, this can happen from just being apathetic in the Word and not praying. Or it could just be that, uh, well, most of the time that's pretty much what it is. If you just want to boil it down. <laughs> and there's really no other way to candy cut it. Yeah. Amen? Amen? So he says that, that uh, your conscience void of offense towards God's towards men. So therefore, again, as you grow, your spirit man, or really your soul, should be purged of offense. Keep it clear. Amen? Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. So we're talking about the conscience now. Now, again, I want to break it down as elementary as possible. If you, if you in here tonight, you might have said, hey, look, you know, I've had some issues with this. If it, is it God or is it not God? How do I know the voice of God? Again, this is to help you. What is your conscience telling you? Now, it doesn't mean that you go strictly off, off of this and you don't press into the things of God. You must pray and pray in the Holy Ghost. You must read your Bible. I mean, Pastor Rusty's been going over this for years now. The, the spirit of apathy, spirit of getting it off. You've you got to do these things. Amen. If you don't do them, you're not going to grow. You're not going to reach what God has for you if you don't do these things. You say, well, I don't feel like praying in the Holy Ghost. I, I, I hear you. There's times that my mouth gets, you know, gets all tired and everything as I'm praying in the Holy Ghost, but I have to do it because I realize the, the, the consequences. 
I don't want to read my Bible. You know, I just got home from work. I don't feel like going to church. I understand that. It's never convenient, but you must do it. Because the rewards will be great, especially when it comes time for stepping out in faith and entering into the will of God for your life. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Let's go to Romans chapter, uh, Romans chapter 9. Romans chapter 9. Again, we're talking about the conscience. <clears throat> Romans chapter 9, verse 1. <clears throat> and it says this, I say the truth in Christ. I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. My conscience bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. You say, well, I don't believe all this conscience stuff. It's right there. Bearing you witness in the Holy Ghost, your conscience. Amen? So he said, now look what he also, what he says, bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. So he says, now have a, your conscience will bear witness in the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost will be a witness to you. Through the Spirit of God, through your conscience, hey, this is me. Amen? Am I... Am I is this okay? Yeah. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. So let's talk about, we're talking about the conscience, but he also says now bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. So we're talking about, first of all, uh, uh, hearing the voice of God through your conscience. Amen. Being internally led, not externally led by the spectacular, but through the supernatural. Amen. Amen. Now let's take it a step further. Uh, when it says the witness in the Holy Ghost, let's go to, um, go to um, Deuteronomy chapter 17. I got, I got some scriptures we're jumping around tonight, but praise the Lord. Deuteronomy chapter 17. Now again, if you'll stay with this and you truly want to hear the voice of God and you'll stay with this, I'm telling you, you'll become more and more precise in the voice of God if you'll do this. But you're going to have to train yourself to do this. It doesn't matter what anything or anybody says. You must be led by what the Lord is telling you through the Spirit. Amen? Hallelujah. Verse 6, and look what it says here. Now we're talking about, the, he said, the witness of the Holy Ghost. Now let's take a look at this. It says, at the mouth of two witnesses or three witnesses, Shall he that is worthy of death be put to death? But at the mouth of one witness, he shall not be put to death. So now we're talking about uh, a witness now. Okay, I've heard from, I think I've heard from the Lord. I think God has spoken to me. I believe I'm hearing the supernatural, my conscience. Praise the Lord, I'm, I'm for you. I'll stay with you in faith. But the Bible says this right here. If you have two to three witnesses... Uh, that is, uh, uh, that he shall be worthy to be put to death. But if you only have one witness, he's not to be touched. So basically what the word is saying is, is this. If you believe that God has spoke to you about something and you believe it's him, you're the first witness. Amen? I think it's God. I think it's God. I, I think I'm going to go do this. You're the first witness. You must have a witness from the Lord if it's him. Because he says here, 
at the mouths of two or three witnesses shall, uh, shall he that is worthy be put to death. But if you only got one witness, leave him alone. So if you got one witness, that's good, but you need two. <laughs> See, a lot, of, a lot of people, they don't want to hear that. Well, I, I believe God spoke to me to do something. I'm just going to go do it. Well, you can, but you need that second witness. Amen. Amen. You need the second witness. Now, the second witness uh, should be through the Word of God. You should have scriptural backing. If God has spoken something to you, you need to have scriptural basis that that's Him that's told you to do it. Before, um, uh, I think last week before Fall Harvest, well, the week before Fall Harvest, I was praying to the Lord. And said, Lord, just, you know, just give me a confirmation through the, through the uh, conference. I don't need direction. I just need, just give me some confirmation. I don't need a prophecy. Just, just confirm, confirm the word to me. And uh, the Lord spoke to me uh, Friday, the, the week before fall harvest, on contending for the faith. Just, just out of nowhere, just contend for the faith. Because there's some things I'm having to walk out uh, by faith. And he said, you're going to have to contend for the faith. So what did I do? I got in there. I went to Jude. And it talks about in chapter 1 in Jude. What's well, I think there's only one chapter in Jude anyway. And, uh, <laughs> and read that. And it talks about contending for the faith. So I got my scriptural backing on that word. So I'm the first witness to contend for the faith. I go to the word and I get my second witness. Now, Wednesday night after, no, Tuesday night after Mark Brzee finished, Pastor Rusty got up here and he talked about contending for the faith. That, that was what? That was my third witness. Now, I didn't, I didn't really, that was confirmation that I needed for the conference, that I needed that I asked for. But if you would have said, well, Pastor Russ, you wouldn't have never said that. Do you have enough? I have enough. Because I witnessed it from what he told me and I got it through the word of God. Amen. That's my second witness. You're the first witness if you believe that God has spoke to you. Amen. But you got to have at least two. Yeah. Now, you can also get prophecy. They can prophesy what, what the Lord has already spoken to you through the Word. That happened a lot during fall harvest. People got words. People got prophecies. And so therefore, again, that can be icing on the cake in order to get a prophecy like that. But even if you get a prophecy, you must have scriptural basis to back up that prophecy. Prophecy is to confirm, to exhort, to uplift. So just because you get a prophecy doesn't mean, here we go, let's go out the door and let's go do it. You must have scriptural backing. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And that's what you, as we mature in the things of God, we should, we should seek that more. You know, thank God for prophecy. You know, we, we're not to despise prophecy. Thank God for prophecy. But you ought to be seeking the word and confirmation through the word of God for a second witness. Yeah. Not a prophecy through somebody out there. If you get a prophecy, that's great. That'll back it up. But you ought to have the witness through the scriptures. What has he told you? Amen. What has he said to you? And a lot of people get thrown into a tailspin because of this. They go off of a prophecy, but yet they have not prayed it out. They have not gotten the, the, the second witness through the word of God. They have no foundation. And you can get a word that's a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge, and it can mean for the future. But again, either way, you have to have this. Amen? Amen? So just set that, settle that. I must have the second witness and I have to get it through the Word of God. Amen? Um, look at first, uh, look at, let's go to uh, John. Let's go to John. 
Lord, this is, uh, again, chapter 8, looking at verse 12. This is talking about Jesus, how he forgives the adulterous woman that was caught in the uh, act of adultery. <clears throat> and in verse 12, he's talking to the Pharisees uh, about this. And he says here in verse 12, Then spake Jesus, because uh, what was basically what was happening was the Pharisees were saying, Hey, look, we caught her in the act of adultery, so you know what, by law, you're supposed to stone her. And he said, Tell you what. Those that have no sin, throw the first stone. Shut them down. And so they got mad. And so here's in verse 12, he says, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. The Pharisees therefore said unto him, Thou bearest record of thyself, thy record is not true. <laughs> so they told Jesus, Hey, your record's not true. Jesus answered back and said unto them, Though I bear record of my set, my set of my of myself, yet my record is true. For I know whence I came and whether I go, but ye cannot tell whence I come and whether I go. Ye judge after the flesh, I judge no man. And yet if I judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone, but I am the Father that sent me. So he's saying, I'm not alone, the Father, and I also have the Father that sent me now. And look what he tells them. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. So he's even telling them, even in your own law, you have to have two men to be true. And look what he says in verse 18. For I, uh, for I am one that beareth witness of myself. And the Father that sent me beareth witness of me. So he says, even me, Jesus Christ, I have to have a witness even of myself through the Father. Remember, Jesus is not going to have us do anything that he's not, he's not already done it or when he, when he did it when he came to the earth. He did it exactly how he tells us to do it. He says, so if you need a witness, I'm going to have to have a witness. And so that's why he's saying here, I bear witness of myself and the Father sent me beareth witness of me. That's pretty strong. He said, well, I don't need a second witness. Well, Jesus did. So you above him? <laughs> Amen. The Father God is always the other witness. The Father God is always the other witness. Yeah, better Brother Danny, but that door came open for me. The Father God is always the other witness. Yeah, but that opportunity is great. I'm making a lot of money. The Father God is always the other witness. <laughs> yeah, Brother Danny, but whoa, Sally Mae came up to me and I can just feel the love of God. Well, I just love, I love her, love, love her, Brother Danny. The Father God is the other witness. You're not to be led externally. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Internally. The inner witness. What is he saying to you about that? Amen. You'd be surprised. You'd be amazed if people get thrown on this. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm guilty. Amen. Amen. I've, I've, I've done these things in the past. Not anymore. But I've had to grow out of this. I've had to see this for what it was. Because, we're, because again, if we're not... If we're not taught these things, again, you'll, you'll be led by the external things. Oh, this looks like it's God. Oh, that looks like it's God. Oh, that's God. That looks like God. Because, again, it's a lack of prayer, a lack of praying in the Holy Ghost. And so, therefore, what are you going to go off of? And even people that do pray in the Holy Ghost, even people that do um, press in, still there's times that people have a hard time knowing, hey, I need to follow the inner witness. But if you don't know how to do it, you're kind of lost. It's kind of like talking about the Holy Ghost and the anointing. Well, Holy Ghost and the anointing. Okay, well, which, which is which? 
You just take it for granted. Okay, do you have the anointing, Holy Ghost? Well, you know, how does that work? But you got to break it down elementary for people to understand what this means. And like I said, I've been serving God. This, it was 26 years this July that I've been serving God. A year and a half, two years ago, I'll be honest with you. Say, well, have you heard from God? I really don't know. <laughs> Praying the Holy Ghost like a madman. Reading my Bible, but I really don't know if it's God or not. Well, what's the problem? I haven't had, I haven't had this elementary teaching of showing me, listen to your conscience. What is your conscience saying to you? Well, everything looks real good. You can't be led by that. That's what's getting you into trouble. That's why you're making so many bad decisions. That's why things are not working out for you. Because you're being led by the wrong thing. We're not led by the spectacular. We're looking for the supernatural. Amen? I am the one that bears witness of myself, that the Father that sent me beareth witness of me. Praise God. Amen. And let's go to... Um, I'm doing good. Let's go to 1 John. 1 John. Chapter 5. Now this is a good one here. Starting in, uh, starting in verse 7, it says, uh, For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit and the water and the blood, and these three agree in one. Now, that's what he says in verse 9. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which we have testified of His Son. If he, believeth on, if he believeth on the Son of God, hath the witness in himself, he that believeth not of God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not in the record that God gave His Son. So he's saying when you get born again and saved, you have that witness that you're born again and you're saved. You believe that Jesus died for you. But if you don't, then you believe that He's a liar then. But he says here, if, if we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. And I put here on the side, be careful of counseling. Be careful of counseling. This is something I, I had to learn. Now, now the Bible talks about surrounding yourself with a multitude of counselors. Nothing wrong with getting counsel, but it, but it depends on why you're getting counseling. Are you getting counseling because you don't trust God and you're asking everybody if it's God or not? Well, then you don't need to be getting that kind of counseling because you don't trust the Lord. And that's what throws you into a tailspin. I know what it means to pray something out and pray something out and have God, uh, I believe, speak to me and trust it. And then uh, because my faith is not where it needed to be or I didn't trust Him enough, I started reverting to counsel. Counsel. And the problem with that is, you know, you go talk to somebody about things that you've done prayed over. They haven't prayed over that like you have. They're talking to you and giving you what their opinion is and what they think. And then therefore it just throws you into a tailspin. Okay, what did God say to you through your prayer? Through you praying in the Holy Ghost? Through the inner witness? The conscience, that your conscience that's in you. What, what did He say to you? And so therefore, whatever He says to you, you're going to have to grab it. Trust what He tells you. Because He says here, 
that the uh, the witness of, that the uh, if you see the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. Stay with what God's told you to do. But here's the thing: it's going to take discipline to do it. You're going to have to train yourself, and this is where faith comes in. You can't be moved by what you see. You can't be moved by how you feel. You can't be moved by your flesh. You must trust God. What did God say? And you're going to have to stay with it. You got to face fears. You got to face anxieties. It's not comfortable. I know it's not. It's inconvenient. I know, I know it is. <laughs> Believe me. But you must walk through it and trust God in order to get to the other side of what God has for you. You know, I was thinking about this. Was it yesterday when I was going over this? That story of Pastor Rusty when he, uh, when he fought malaria for four months. You know, I've really thought about it and I thought, wow. If you really think about that, four months that you're fighting malaria. And, and, and like, the, like, the, uh, like he said, he prayed it out and the Lord said, no, you just believe me by faith. Don't go to the doctor. Now, that's just even double. At least if you go to the doctor and get you some pain medicine or something or something to help you through it while your faith is, is you, while you're receiving your healing. But he, he did this just purely on just trusting God. And can you imagine day in, day out, day in, day out, week after week, month after month, not feeling good, not feeling good. And you can imagine his, his soul, his mind telling him, now, do you really think, do you really think God's going to have you do this? Now, come on, we serve a compassionate God. He's not going to make you go through this. Somewhere down the line, you've missed it. You need to go to the doctor. You didn't hear God on this. Come on, you think God's going to really make you suffer for two, three, four months with this? Your flesh will start kicking in. Amen. It'll start kicking in. But now he, had, he stayed founded on what God told him. No, you trust me and I'll do it. He made himself available in faith day after day, day after day, day after day, day after day. Didn't, didn't matter how he felt, didn't matter how his, what his body told him. And you can only imagine flying and then having to go fly all over these places and go minister on top of that. Amen. And then in the very last, what was it, the, very, uh, the, the day before he got uh, healed, he went surfing. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. What happens? He gets up the next day. He's healed and made whole in his body. Four months. He could have easily picked up the phone. Hey, I believe God told me this, but man, I, what do you think about this? You're just throwing yourself into a tailspin. Now you're in trouble. Because yeah. when you got malaria, you can't be doing that. What did God say to you? Yeah. And that's the reason why a lot of people, how can I say this? A lot of people, why the covenant, God's covenant doesn't come to pass in people's lives. You know, because, because they, 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 there's too much, uh, how can I say it? You know, when something hits them like that, their faith is not where it needs to be. And then all of a sudden they want to start kicking in faith and start doing these things and it's not enough. Amen. You know, Kenneth Copeland said this one time, I, you know, I thought it was pretty true. He said, most of the time, if that's the way you do it, and you wait for something to hit you like that, most of the time you're not going to make it. The reason why people don't make it through when it comes to healing and those kind of things. Why, why is the covenant not coming to pass? Why are these people not getting healed? Amen. I mean, it's not on God's end, right? It's not on God's end. It's on our end. Amen. So again, we have to, we have to learn to do these things and stay, and stay strong and, and, and stay strong on what He's told you through His Word so you can make it through it. So that's why He says... To receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. Stay with what God has told you to do. 
It might seem very uncomfortable in the beginning, but I'm telling you, think about it. When he, when he got his manifestation of the healing uh, of malaria, his faith was... I mean, he's, I mean, he's way up here. Can you imagine the day he, he got up and thought, man, all, my, all the symptoms are gone. I mean, he was a giant. But he made it through it. And even to this day now, what, what has it done with his life today when it comes to sickness and when the, when the, the shingles try to hit him? Only on him a couple of what, a day, two, three, four days. It was it. It was over with. That stuff's supposed to last for months. Amen. So again, his faith has grown up. But we're going to have to do the same thing. Okay. If we're going to get what uh, and hear the voice of God. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Hallelujah. That's already 8.30. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, we went anyway in the third inning of the last round. You know? <laughs> I do good, Ron? <laughs> no. Praise the Lord. <laughs> praise the Lord. No. Praise God. But anyway, let me, let me kind of wind it down here. Uh, but anyway, like I said, these are, these are things that this is a, was a, something that I've had to really walk out and to prove for my own life. Uh, again, um, I was the kind of person that, that again, I, you know, I just, if it looked good, if it, was, if it was, I thought it was God, just go do it. But so many times, around the mountain, around the mountain, around the mountain. And I mean, I remember I thought, man, what's, what's going on? And I re again, probably about, a, oh, probably about a year and a half ago, I, I had something that, that I really wanted to do and that I'm doing. And uh, I prayed it out and prayed it out and prayed it out. And I, I know this is God. And something that happened where I had let it go for a little while. And um, I thought, it, it, it I remember as, as I let it go, it continued to keep stirring in me. Every day it would just stir. And I think, well, why is this thing? It won't leave. It won't leave. But yet, I, but yet I, you know, I, was, I got some counseling and, 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 you know, and it, it's kind of thrown me into a tailspin. And I said, well, why is it not leaving? Why is it not leaving? And finally, the Lord spoke to me and said, listen, you're going to have to trust me. This is me. And I, and I had to get to a point. I said, you know what, God? I've done everything I know to do to fast and pray and pray in the Holy Ghost. If I miss it, then I miss it. But I know that I believe this is of you and I'm going to do it. There you go. Amen. Yeah. Did it and thank God I did because if not, I would have missed out on a lot of things. Now, if I had to walk in faith through this, yes. <laughs> Every day it's, it's a walk of faith, even as I speak to you right now. But I know this is something... That if you'll do it, and you'll hear the voice of God and do it with how He tells you to do it, and get precise in His voice, I'm telling you, your life will be blessed. Amen. And you got to ask yourself, you got to look in the mirror and say, "Hey, why? Why are certain things not working out in my life? Don't don't keep sweeping the dirt under the carpet. Why are things not working out? Why is this not working?" And you got to have to get bold and honest with yourself and humble yourself. And say, "Look, I got to make some changes in this area." Don't keep, keep going and keep going and keep going and doing it yeah. the way you're doing it. Amen? Yeah. Praise the Lord. Thank you for joining us. We trust you enjoyed the message today. For services and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.